0: So we're going to be talking about uh, hearing the voice of God, and um, we'll probably do this for about four weeks, but we're going to speak about different subjects. I think next week we'll probably discuss healing in particular, Um, and then we'll do a few other things, maybe worship and talking about spiritual gifts later on or something like that. Not not too sure just yet, Uh, but tonight... We're going to talk about hearing God's voice, and I'll teach for a little while, and then we'll actually, it won't, I won't, listen, I won't pressure you to do anything that you don't want to do, but it will be a really good opportunity to step out in faith and test some things that you've never tried before. That's why it's called Lab Night, because you learn to step out in faith and maybe do something that you've never done before, rather than just hearing a message and, uh, ...and taking it home with you and not necessarily doing anything with it. So I believe God will speak to us all here, here tonight specifically... And, uh, ...and we can learn some practices to kind of, to kind of work with moving forward. Uh, but one of the things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read several portions of Scripture tonight actually... ...so you can have your Bible on hand and you can listen to it. But one of the, one of the ways that we hear God's voice obviously is just through reading Scripture uh there's a there's a there's a practice called lectio divina it's this really weird practice but these back in the day like some uh some monastic type folks what they would do is they would read scripture aloud and they would read it over and over again and before long, they would feel something, something speaking to them out of it. So I'm not going to do that tonight. But as I am reading some of this stuff, I'm not going to break it down really deeply. But as I'm reading it, just be aware of that. Just try to learn when you're reading the Word of God to hear it for itself. Because one of the primary ways, probably the primary way that God does speak to us, is through the written Word of Scripture. But then we also believe He speaks in other ways. Amen? So listen, we'll, uh, if you want to, you can turn in your Bible to First Samuel chapter three, but, uh, but whenever you get there, First Samuel chapter three, we'll just pray together real quickly, and we'll, we'll dive into some of this stuff. So let's all have a word of prayer right quick. So Father, we just we thank you so much. God, that you are a God who speaks, you have a voice, and Jesus, you told us over and over again that he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And so, Holy Spirit, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you've got something to say to each of us, and I pray that you would just activate our spiritual ears so that we we could begin to hear you, Lord, in a, in a, in just a greater way than we ever have before. We can understand what your voice is. We can understand how you speak. And tonight, God, we just believe that you're going to speak to us in profound ways. And we ask it in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. So, first Samuel chapter Three, and then i 'm going to read a little bit from Jeremiah Chapter One. You can follow along if you want. if you get behind, that 's okay. just write it down. You can listen to me and then and go back and look at it uh, later but But even when you read in the Old Testament, you have uh, these guys now there was there were three really major offices in the Old Testament. you had your king, you had your prophet, and you had your priest. And the prophets, they were gifted in a a way where they specifically heard from God and they spoke for God. So the kings would oftentimes go and inquire of the prophets because they knew the prophets were the ones that were hearing from God. But what's so interesting is even the best prophets in Israel's time, they went through a process of learning to hear. Matter of fact, in Elijah's time, they actually had something called the school of the prophets. Now the reason you have a school is what? is to learn and so I imagine that the school of the prophets back then was actually people sitting down sort of like we are and they were literally discussing how you hear and discern the voice of God and they were learning to practice hearing the voice of God because sometimes people just think well if you was going to hear the voice of God it would just come to you and you would hear it and then it would be all there was to it but no there is is a process by which you learn to hear the voice of God you learn to tune in to the voice of God so in 1 Samuel chapter 3 let me just read this and listen Listen to this with me. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation, so they weren't hearing from God very much at all during this time. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, the Lord called Samuel, and and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call, lie down again. And he went and laid down. And then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. Now that word, know the Lord... It means it's an intimate term. it means he did not have the relationship with the Lord yet, where they knew each other intimately, and so he says that he he wasn't yet in that kind of relationship with with the Lord, and therefore the word of the Lord was not yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, so he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Now, the whole time God is calling him, and he's confusing it for the, the voice of this other dude. Because oftentimes God is speaking to us, and we're confusing it for something else. And a lot of times I would say the majority of people, they confuse the voice of the Lord for themselves. That's just me thinking. Or that's just something, you know, that's, and they put it out of their mind a lot of times. So and the Lord called Samuel again the third time he said here I am for you to call me then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy therefore Eli said to Samuel go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say speak lord for your servant hears so Samuel went and lay down in his place now why is he saying you need to say speak lord for your servant hears because there's a point where you actually have to stop and acknowledge lord speak I'm listening and there's a big difference there. There's a huge difference between just going about your day to day routine and just randomly hearing the voice of God out of nowhere, and stopping and saying, "Lord, speak," because I'm listening. And so He's teaching him: you have to stop, Samuel. Quit just getting up impulsively and thinking it's me. You're going to have to stop and, and tell the Lord, "Speak," because I'm actually, uh, because you're listening to Him. And then, so as soon as He says this, the Lord begins to speak to him, and it goes on to say later on that basically, he did this, he gave Samuel the word, and he said he did not allow one of his words to fall to the ground. So you see this process of even Samuel, which became the best prophet, one of the greatest prophets in Israel's history, he's going through this process of learning how to hear the voice of God. Now, if you look at Jeremiah, and you don't even have to go there, but it's the same thing, but it's a different different type of thing. Now, Samuel's name literally means the Lord hears. He hears. Uh... Uh, Then then you go to another prophet Jeremiah and when Jeremiah begins it says the word of the Lord came to me saying before I formed you in, in the womb I knew you before you were born I sanctified you I ordained you a prophet to the nations then he said ah Lord God behold I cannot speak for I am a youth but the Lord said to me do not say I'm a youth for you shall go out to whom I send you and whatever I command you you shall speak. Now. It says, Then the Lord, in verse 9, put forth his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And he says, See, I have have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. And moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? So the Lord starts to ask him a question because the Spirit of God is actually taking him through a training process. And he's asking him, What do you see? and Jeremiah responds and says Lord this is what I see and the Lord responds and says you see well because this is what that means and then it comes to him a second time he says J- uh, Jeremiah what do you see he says I see a boiling pot and it's facing away from the north the Lord showed him a boiling pot now, that's weird isn't it he said well, I want to hear the voice of God but well, what if you close your eyes and in your mind you see a boiling pot he said that can't be God That's stupid it's a boiling pot right?" doesn't that make sense though Right, so, so, so God is showing him things sometimes that don't really make a lot of sense. And even before that, he said, What do you see, Jeremiah? He said, I see the branch of an almond tree. And the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. What's a, the almond tree got to do with him performing his word? Sometimes the Lord will show you Unique things that you don't quite understand, but He is teaching you a process of learning to hear how He speaks and connecting the dots. Let me tell it to you this way. God does not speak like you speak or I speak. He's going to speak to us in different ways. Sometimes He will give... It's just like we were in here one day and we were practicing hearing the voice of the Lord and we were praying for Joe Miller. And I, I kind of joke. We laugh at this one a lot. But it's... it's uh, I think it was... Uh, Tayfy in here that got the uh, got a word about like a barber pole, right? As he, he just saw an image of a barber pole while he was praying for Joel, and you think, well, that's weird. I probably shouldn't even say that. But then he said, you know, I I get a barber or something like that. Well, it turns out his dad was a barber for 40 years, and not only that, but recently he had gotten a set of clippers because he was going to start cutting the kid's hair or something like that. But it's just, really just the Lord saying, look. I'm speaking in these situations, and if you listen to me, I'll give you direct details about people's lives and what's going on in their lives if you can be sensitive enough and bold enough to step out in what I'm showing you. Right? Does that make sense? So. You, there's a process of learning to hear and see. That's what I was trying to point out even in the Scripture, that, that we're learning to do that. But a lot of people have a wiring problem because they're thinkers rather than feelers. And when it comes to flowing in, in, in the Holy Spirit and letting God use you and letting God speak to you, we rationalize God out of all kinds of things. We overthink, way overthink everything. And almost every time you talk to somebody about hearing the voice of the Lord, they say, well, I just don't know if it's me or God. I just don't know if it's me or God. You're overthinking it. You're already overthinking it. That, that lets me know that you're, you're, just, you're in your mind too much and you're not being sensitive. And what you have to understand, we have a, we have a tendency to not really understand the difference between spirit and soul and, and body. Now sometimes I know, you know, you'll think maybe the Lord's speaking and it won't necessarily be Him, so we do got to learn to be careful with that. But in our culture, we glorify rationalism and we discourage imagination, we discourage creativity, we discourage... uh, flowing in the Spirit. We discourage those types of things. It's not, honestly, I don't know if you know this, it's not like we're a church and we believe in the spiritual gifts, but one of the things that, that people have, have even left for and, and people struggle with a lot of times is the gifts of the Spirit. You have one person speak in tongues, man, and, and the majority of people will just say, that's ridiculous, we're done with that. And, and here's what I'll say about church, and this is why we do lab nights, because on Sunday mornings it's really not about us getting our fix or us having a big-time religious experience. It is more about ministering to the people that may or may not know the Lord and you've got to be sensitive to people who don't understand certain things that are going on you do have to be sensitive but at the same time we have to in wisdom develop these gifts because God wants to use them so that we can grow spiritually and we can reach out and help others spiritually as well so it's discouraged and, and, and so many people maybe you've even heard it I've heard it many times people say that well God no longer speaks today because he spoke 2,000 years ago through the Bible and I will say, absolutely, you're right. You got that halfway correct, right? And it's okay to be halfway correct. He did speak through the Bible 2,000 years ago. But let me ask you something. When you have, when you have something going on in your life and, you, and you're asking the Lord a question about specifics, about moving forward, you probably aren't going to find the answer specifically about like who you should marry in the Bible, are you? You ain't going to find a verse that says, hey, marry Andrea. It ain't going to be in there. I've got to hear from the Lord for myself in those circumstances. And so God speaks in two ways. And here's what I want you to understand. Is that the written word, the logos of God. Now there's two Greek words for word in in, in, in the Greek language, right? In the in the New Testament. Logos is one of them. That's the written word of God. That is the first and primary way that you hear God, period. But the second word is rhema, and that is the freshly spoken word of God. And what God wants to do is, is, is He wants you to be so in the logos, the written word of God, that you have a foundation for Him to breathe on so that He can speak specific words and He will use Scripture, but then He will tailor that Scripture to Speak directly to you in a different way, and it'll be perfectly tailored to you. And sometimes there will be things that, that are unique and, and 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 special for the moment. Does that make sense to you? So there's two different types. And matter of fact, in, in the Bible, you know it says in the beginning was the logos, right? That's the the word of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That was Jesus Christ. And we have this word of God. And but the, the scripture also says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Rama. Of God. Because if faith came by hearing the Logos of God, that means that every time somebody heard a verse read, faith would erupt in their heart. And that's just not the case. But what happens is, is because a person has an open heart and the written word is spoken, all of a sudden it can turn into a rhema. And, and it's even like this. You ever, been, you ever been listening to a sermon and maybe it's not even the point that the preacher is trying to make, but something goes off in your heart. And you're like, that's speaking to me. I've even heard people say, man, Clay was preaching about this the other day. And it's like, I don't even remember saying that. But something, what was God? That was a rhema word for them. God was speaking to them directly through the words that I was speaking and it wasn't even necessarily what I was trying to say but God used it to say what he needed to to them. That's a rhema word of God, and that's, that's how he speaks to us. And here's the other difference. is I want you to imagine this. What if I said, you know, I, I was developing a friendship with somebody, and I said, buddy, I just want to be a friend to you. I want to enter into a relationship with you. I, I, I wrote a book about it. Here, read it. I'll never see you again. Have a nice day. I mean, like, what if God did that to us? That'd be weird. I wrote a book about how much I love you, but I don't ever want to actually talk to you personally. That would be ridiculous. He wrote a book to launch us into a personal relationship where we do hear from him personally on a day-to-day basis. Just the same way even if in the Old Testament Moses spoke to God as a man speaks to his friend face-to-face and yet the Bible says that in the Old Covenant that was a way that was weak and it was being done away with how much more so what God gives us. Jesus says, I want to speak to you like a friend. No longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends, because a servant does not know what his master is doing, but you are a friend and you shall know what I'm doing, because I'm going to speak these things to you, and the Spirit of God's going to come, and He's going to reveal these things to you, and He has a voice. He's going to speak to you. See, He wants you to connect with Him. And so, you know, when we go into the prayer closet, when I go in and I pray. Now, sometimes if you look at my prayer life, and I think the majority of people, when they think about prayer, they think about just asking God, asking God for a bunch of stuff. That's one form of prayer. And sometimes you may come into my prayer closet, and you may hear me asking all kinds of stuff. You may see me up pacing around in the room making declarations and and calling out stuff and speaking words in faith. But then there's also a time in prayer where I stop and i and i and i and i get silent before the lord and i don't say anything and i stop speaking and i begin to leave space and in that point whenever you're no longer speaking but you're now listening for the lord you're you're starting to leave space because you actually think that he's going to speak during those times now here i'll tell you why we don't leave space in prayer because deep down in our hearts we don't actually believe he's going to speak right that's why we don't leave space. If we had faith that he was actually going to speak, if you, look, if, if, if the Lord showed up, if somebody showed up to you and, and the Lord showed up to you and said, look, go over here and be silent, be still for an hour, I'm going to speak. Well, then you might listen to him and you'd be silent for an hour. But because deep down in our hearts there's some unbelief that we doubt God's going to speak to us, we just think prayer is a monologue where we just go and pour out a bunch of stuff. And as soon as we get done speaking, we, could, we just get up and take out of the room and say, well, I'm done praying. And my point is, is that if you want to hear God, you have to learn to begin to listen. You have to take time. You have to learn to steal yourself. You have to learn to get in that place, maybe where you even ask a question. Part, I, I, I tell people this a lot, but whenever I first started studying Scripture, I really didn't know anything. And what I would do is I would write down my questions, and I would say, Lord, will you... I, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? I would write that down. And I kid you not, sometimes I would be praying and it was like an answer would come to me almost immediately. And sometimes it would take two months, three months. Sometimes it would be six months down the road and all of a sudden the Lord would remind me, you remember when you asked me that question? Well, there's the answer. Yeah. And, and 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 these things would come up. But it starts, it begins with you leaving space and answering the question. So some people would say, Man, I still I just have tro- I have trouble you know hearing hearing the voice of God, and and the thing is is you've got to renew your mind for the fact that he wants to speak, and usually it's got to do with like I said it's got to do with unbelief, sometimes we've heard bad doctrine, and sometimes people have never even talked about it. I mean, how many of you have ever even been to a place where they're talking about hearing the voice of God? Nobody you know people just are, they're afraid to talk about stuff like that. And and so so the first thing that I want to say in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse one and two, when it talks about spiritual gifts, he says, Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, and and really He's talking about this idea of us receiving things from God, of God using us in powerful ways. And he says, Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant or without knowledge. And then he goes on and he says, Because you know that we were like Gentiles, led away by voiceless idols. In the King James Version it says dumb idols. I like dumb. (laughs) But really it means they're voiceless. Voiceless. They don't have a voice. We were led away by idols that could not speak. In the, in the Passion Translation, it says, we were led away to idols that are incapable of talking with you. What's the point that he's making? He's, he's saying, I've got these, these nine spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, but it's based on the premise that we have a God that speaks. And he speaks to you. And if you're going to operate in those gifts, you have to begin to believe that God speaks first and foremost, because if he's going to use you in those gifts, he has to be able to speak to you, to activate you, to move in it. Like for you to even let me tell you this, for you to if anybody's ever been been given an impulse to to, to give a message in tongues, to give a prophetic word, to go and pray for somebody for healing, that impression, that is the voice of God say, so, well, I didn't hear God say it in my ear, you know, go over there and pray for this person. No, you were impressed. That was the voice of God. That was God's voice. Now, He speaks in different ways. Sometimes He's very adamant. Sometimes he's, it's a softer type of a voice. But the, I'll say this. The very fact that you are a Christian and you've put faith in Christ reveals that you've heard the voice of God. If you did not hear, you would not have responded in faith. Something was speaking to you in your innermost being. That was the voice of God. Did you hear him in your ear audibly? No. But something was speaking to you in your heart and that reveals to you that's where you were hearing the voice of God. See, James 1, 5 through 7, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask and God will give it to him generously. And he says this, But let him ask in faith without doubting. He says, And let not that man who doubts believe that he shall receive anything from the Lord. He is... A double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. My point being is, is if you're going to come to the Lord and you're going to say, Speak, Lord, you have to ask in faith. Or you shouldn't believe that you're going to receive anything from Him. He's saying, when you come to me, you've got to believe that I want to speak to you. And if you knew He was really going to speak, you would learn how to tune in. Amen? Now, there's there's another portion of Scripture I want to read to you in 1 Kings 19. You don't have to go there. You can just listen to me. But you all know the story. Basically the story is Elijah has won this great victory. He, he, he goes out and the Lord says, Stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire Y'all know what it, what it is? A still, small voice. A still, small voice. So the Lord, he's waiting on the Lord to speak, and a fire comes, and it says the Lord's not in the fire. Earthquake comes. He says the Lord is not in the earthquake. How about, that, that just brings me to another good point. There's a lot of things that happen in the world that we say, well, that had to have been the Lord, and the Lord wasn't in it. Somebody amen me on that, right? There's so many things. And the Lord wasn't in that earthquake. The Lord wasn't in that fire. And the Lord wasn't in those things. But then after all of that, he says that that, that there was a still, small voice. And Elijah heard it, right? And suddenly the voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, what that teaches us, though, in, in the Hebrew, it literally means a delicate, whispering voice, a delicate whispering voice. Now, yesterday, me, you know, me and Andrea, were, we were outside, and like I was, man, I was, she had me working like a bank mule. And, uh, and I had a blower, you know, I was blowing leaves and stuff. I was going wild. And I heard her say something real faint To this. I said, what? Because <laughs> you can't hear anything, right? Because that thing's going off. Now, the point being is that if, 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 but, but if, she, if, if somebody is whispering, what do you have to do in order to hear them? You got to get close. You've got to get close. You've got you to attune yourself to them. you got to say, what? I've got to turn that off and say, what would you say? Right? And if somebody's whispering, if it's a delicate whisper, the only way that I'm going to be able to hear them is if I literally put my ear right up to their mouth. And that's intimacy. Right? And some people, they can't hear the voice of God because they're unwilling to get close. Now, that's a, bit, that's a big point right there. And he says there's a still, small voice. The only way you're going to hear a whisper, a still, small voice, is if you're close and your soul is silent enough to hear it. Because in our lives, we have got like blowers going off. You know what I'm talking about? We got everything fired up. And so much going on, so much activity, that we don't get to a place where we can hear, hear a still. Notice the word still. It means to stay in one place, to not move. And it's a small, delicate whisper, This voice. And he's saying you've got to get to the place where you, you, you get still. You come into that place where you're listening. You know, Richard was talking about this the other day for a different reason, but the Bible says that, that Jesus, he revealed the Father, and he says he was in the bosom of the Father. That means he was right here next to his chest, on his heart. And John revealed this because it says now when, when they were eating the last meal together, John was literally laying his head on Jesus' bosom, on his chest. And John heard things that nobody else in the room heard. And matter of fact, Peter comes to John and says, John, ask him who it is that's going to betray him. And he knew because he was laying that close to Jesus. He had that nearness to him. And what you have to understand is that when you come to God, first of all, you've got to do away with any kind of condemnation or guilt or that God is mad at you because you've not read the Bible enough or you've not prayed enough or you've not done this enough. Remove that bull from your life, okay? Because it will hinder you from hearing the voice of God. God wants to speak to you if you've not talked to him in 10 years. He really does. And the devil will come and say, well, what makes you think that God wants to speak to you? You ain't talked to him in forever. You ain't read the Bible enough. You don't deserve for him to speak to you. And what that does, what is, what is the devil doing? By him saying that, he makes you feel what? Distant from God. It keeps you from moving close where you can hear. The truth is God is actually speaking to you at all times. He wants to speak to you at all times. But see, the devil fights to keep us from getting close to having that nearness because when you get close, you're going to hear his voice. He's going to speak. And the blood of Jesus has cleansed you to the degree that there is nothing that keeps you back from God. He's not upset. He's not angry. He just wants you to get close to him. So when we talk about hearing the voice of God, here's here's another thing that's a big deal is that when I speak, you're hearing me right now. You know why you're hearing me? Because physically, i got something called a vocal cord that creates a vibration that sends a sound wave through the air, and that sound wave, that vibration, hits your ear, and your ear then translates it into your brain, and your brain begins to process what I just said. That's pretty crazy in itself, isn't it? Now, on another level, I need you to understand this, because we are spirit, soul, soul. And body, three parts. Okay? Now, we hear naturally, physically because of our bodies first. My body, my throat produces a noise. Your body, your ear hears a sound and your brain interprets it. What is your brain? It's really your soul. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. So in between everything that we do is our soul, our mind, our will, emotions that processes everything that's going on. But on a physical level, our brain processes all the physical stuff around us. We see things, we touch things, we hear things. But on a spiritual level, it happens in a different direction because I want you to understand this. God is not physical. He does not have vocal cords. Okay? He is a, Bible says He's a spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. He is unseen. He is inanimate. He is not in our physical dimension. But yet He exists and He's real. He's more more real than our physical dimension. Also, angels and demons are real. And let me put it to you like this. When demons speak to you, they speak to you in a realm that you can't process physically. You can't feel it. You can't hear it here necessarily. When they speak to you, but where does it go? The same way that my body processes it and shoots it to my soul, guess what? When a spirit speaks to you, your soul processes it and it goes to your mind. Put it to you like this. You ever just start having crazy thoughts and you don't even know why you're thinking them, but they bubble up and they overwhelm you and they rush in? Now, it's very likely in that moment that you are receiving a message from a spiritual source. And you've got to understand that. I always tell people like when Jesus and the devil met Jesus in the wilderness, he did not see a dude stand there with a pitchfork. He heard a voice internally in his spirit that manifested as a thought and overwhelming, running through your mind thoughts. And he had to resist it with the Word of God by speaking to that Spirit, and that Spirit would... Because how how do we explain how you can be one moment in these oppressive thoughts and all these things running through your mind, and then all of a sudden you can be in worship and all those things move? A spiritual atmosphere shifted, and that junk was driven out. So when God speaks to you, guess what? He speaks to you in your spirit, and then it manifests in thoughts... In impressions, in ideas, in concepts, and sometimes when you hear the voice of God, it's really just like an impression or a theme or an idea that's just imparted to you in a moment. You know what I'm talking about? And you think was that me? Was that me, or what was what was that? Where'd that idea come from? Yeah. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Yeah. I'll be and it, and sometimes it's the strangest thing maybe some a person will just come to your mind or an idea will come to your mind or it's it's all it's all kinds of different things but you begin to flow into it and and sometimes if you get if you get if you flow into it really well and you get connected with God it's like a stream it's one thing right after another thing after thing you just start writing it down people start coming to your mind and so when you when you get in good prayer really it's no it's no longer Prayer is no longer about you bringing a bunch of stuff of God. When you get into good prayer, you have united with God and He and you are praying together because you have synced up. And now you are praying because He's saying, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm thinking about. Release it through your mouth with authority. Pray for this, but this is who I'm thinking about. This is who I need you to intercede for. And all of a sudden, you've linked up to Him. And now you, you didn't come with your prayer list because, he is, because it's a flow. It's a flow now, and it's happening with you because you're in that flow. So, so he's, he's, he's talking about that that, that. that idea is the positive ones. We talk about spirit, soul, and body. Now, now listen, in the, in, the, in the Hebrew language, the word for prophecy is this word nabah. And the Hebrew word for this, this word, it, means to, it literally means to bubble up. And so just like we said, now you've, you've had thoughts bubble up, You've had feelings bubble up. You've had emotions bu- bubble up, and sometimes even when they're demonic, it still it uh, it bubbles up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The word is bubble up. Now Jesus said it like this. He said in John seven. He said, "If any man thirst, John seven thirty-seven through thirty-nine. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly will flow rivers of living water." And then it says, This he spoke about the Spirit, which had not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So he says, Here's how the Spirit will actually act in you. From your belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers, they're alive because they're moving. And, here, and here's what you have to understand about this. Here's what you got to understand about prophecy. You know, somebody asked me a question the other day. Sometimes we have things like tongues and interpretation or whatever or, or a prophetic word. I'm telling you, when God begins to move on you a lot of times, especially like in a gift of prophecy or something like that, you will not get anything until you jump into the river. If, if you're waiting to hear from God or you're waiting to speak on behalf of God, I tell you this, sometimes I preach and I study, man, and I get notes and I study and I've studied my stuff, but sometimes when I'm preaching, as I'm preaching it, it's the first time I've ever heard it. I want you to consider that just for a moment. Proverbs 18.4 says that wisdom is... It, the wellspring of wisdom is, is, comes up. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. What is he saying? He's saying the Spirit of God is united to you in spirit. First Corinthians chapter 6, it says that he who is joined to the Lord is one with him in spirit. What that means is, is there going to be times when I'll say, was that me or the Lord? And I say this all the time. The answer is yes. It was you and it was the Lord. Because guess what? Turns out, through Christ, you're one with Him in spirit. That means sometimes He speaks and it sounds like it's you. You're one with Him in spirit. And it can be confusing. You say, well, I'm just not sure, I'm just not sure. You'll never be sure necessarily. You might get sure on occasion. I don't know. You might be sure. But it's possible to be sure. But there's a reason why, when it talks about prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14, that every prophetic word is to be judged. Why would it need to be judged if everybody who prophesied knew that they knew that they knew it was from God? They don't know for sure. That's why it's got to be judged. We're, we're imperfect human beings. We, every time a tongue and Every time something spiritual happens, man, religious people will sit back and judge the fire out of it. I, I don't know if that's God or not, brother and I'm just like well you know I don't know if it was or not either but that's why we judge these things and that's why we bring them under scrutiny and that's why we do say God was this you or not and we discern it among each other as if is this from God or is it not a buddy of mine he probably wouldn't even mind me telling you Oshu Wanderer you guys know him he's from Africa right he's wilder than a, he's wild son he's awesome but he's wild and I love that about him he'll step out he'll step out and, and he gave me he, he sent me a message the other day and he gave me this prophetic word and I heard it and I'll be honest with you as soon as I heard it I said to myself Lord he heard something from you but he added something on to it <laughs> I said that I said that in my spirit I said that's not fully right He got something and I I think the first part is from you but the second part he missed and he added that on And sure enough 2 weeks later he sent me a message he said hey hey brother he said listen I need to I need to uh, I need to apologize. He said, I sent you that word and now I'm thinking I probably missed that second half of that. I didn't get that right. That's wrong. I shouldn't have, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. So that's why, that's why prophetic words have to be judged. But what was he doing? He was, he was taking a step, man. He was trying to hear from God. And he did hear something from God. He heard the first part of it right. Because he, 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 he mentioned you're about to enter into a season of transition and God is going to make you lead pastor. He said that first part. That was accurate. He didn't know that. But he, the where he missed it was, he said, and there'll be many opportunities come open, and he said, the Lord will send you to a big city. Now he, he, And here's the thing. Our human element, can our, can our human element not slip in and cause us to say something that we wish would happen, but it's not necessarily the Lord? and man we can get excited we can hear from God and we say well God's going to do this in this particular person's life and you know what it'd also be good if he gave him a million dollars and you know and then just add that on there too and that's where you got to be careful you need to learn to use wisdom and discernment and restraint and not go so so flow that you hit the banks of the river and flop out over on the dry land you know what I'm saying so that makes good sense All right. so what is the voice of God? It is the spontaneous bubbling up of thoughts, impressions, feelings, pictures, ideas. And when these ideas come, they bring abundant life. Let me say it to you like this. When a word comes from God, it will have so much life and so much weight on it that you'll know it's from God. It will. And sometimes you'll say like, man, I feel like that's from God, but I need to, I need to wait. I need to put that somewhere on the back burner. And God speaks in different ways. Sometimes He'll speak to you in a dream. He'll speak to you in a vision, a mental picture. You close your eyes, maybe you'll get a literal mental picture in your mind. Uh, He speaks in open visions, which means you actually see a vision in front of you. Now, I've never seen that. I'm open to it. I I wouldn't mind if the Lord showed me one. Like He showed Peter an open vision he lowered a blanket down and he showed him all these animals and he said Peter don't call that which is which I've cleaned don't call it unclean he showed him an open vision and he gave him direction and the Bible talks about you know that that God shall old men shall dream dreams young men shall see visions um he speaks in those ways and sometimes when you get these things um you you want to you want to consider them maybe you want to write them down maybe you want to think about them um you know, a lot a lot of times when I'm when I'm uh, preparing for a sermon, or where I'll just I'll just sort of be sitting around, and I'll literally just sort of say to the Lord nonchalantly, "Just Lord, what are you want what are you want to speak to the people here, and what's what's going on?" And I'll just be praying, and it, and and, and it, like, sometimes two, three ideas will come to my mind. They'll just sort of float up there, and I'll start meditating on all three of these different ideas. And, and the more I meditate, and the more I pray, it's like one will just start to rise to the top. And as it rises to the top, it's like he—it's—it's it's like then He extends an invitation to me. And He says, I want to give you more revelation on this particular subject. And He invites me in, and then I start digging in the Word to go after what He's just dropped in my spirit. Okay? Now, He's going to do that to you. You'll get things, and you've got to learn to pursue that. The study of God's Word, you've got to learn to pursue that. Say, God, what do you, you want to speak to me? And there'll be something that just comes to your mind, a desire. And He's inviting you into pursuing what he wants to speak to you on a deeper level, and then once you get in the word, all of a sudden, man, he—it's just, just like the, you add the the logos to the rhema, so to speak, and it just becomes this well-formed word, and that's—and then all of a sudden, you can deliver a message, so to speak. But but other times than that, you know, like in just settings like this, it—he'll just come with a slight impression, maybe one one word, maybe a verse. You know, I got a verse the other day that just that just came to my mind. And as soon as it came to my mind, I said, man, that's a good verse, Lord. I like that. I looked it up in the Passion Translation. I was like, that is a bomb verse. And as soon as I said that in my mind, Mark Huff came to my mind, who's a pastor over in London. So you know what? I could have said, well, that's just weird. I ain't doing that. Because it just came to my mind, and I could have easily dismissed it. But instead, I sent it to him and he was like wow man that is a good and you know he and he appreciated it. What did it do? It encouraged him. It let him know the Lord was thinking about him. It let him know that what he was doing in a particular area was it was going well. So be sensitive to those bubbling up thoughts that are going on in your mind. All right. I always run over time, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this up here in just a, just a handful of minutes. Now sometimes people might say well you know is it is it uh is it God or a demon? Now, you, we, we can talk more about that later. But in its most basic sense, you know, when God speaks, I like Luke 24. They said, Man, when Jesus was speaking, did it not burn in our hearts? Uh, it, it burns in your heart. Peter said, Lord, where could we go? We know you speak the words of life. There's life on these words, there's something on it. The word of God, the voice of God, it brings peace, it brings love, it brings wisdom. The voice of the demonic brings fear. It brings condemnation. It brings shame. It brings guilt. It brings confusion. And it usually points to the works of the flesh or self-exaltation rather than the fruit of the Spirit and God-exaltation. Does that make sense? So, I mean, that's pretty simple, but you want to know how to discern the voice of God. John chapter 10, Jesus said this. If you read in John chapter 10, several verses, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and they will not listen to another. See, when you're hanging out with the shepherd, and you, you learn to follow, He said, they hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. So that means if you are Jesus' sheep, you hear his voice already, or you wouldn't be following him. You wouldn't even have a desire to do the things that Jesus asked you to do. You would not be here tonight. You are here because you hear his voice, period. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. And he says, and they will not listen to another. And so when you hear another voice, you know it's not the voice of God. Why? Because you've been listening to his voice the whole time, and that does not sound like his voice. It's bringing fear upon me. It's bringing—it's not bringing peace. It's not bringing what God would have me to, to 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 hear. Psalm forty-five, one. I like what it says. It says, "My heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the King. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. I love that. So break that down. It says." My heart is overflowing with a good theme. When you get in the presence of God, He's just going to give you a theme. It's going to start to overflow. And then that's when God's filling you with this idea. Then He says, I recite my composition concerning the King. You begin to process that in your soul. And then He says, My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You can only release it by speaking it in faith. You have to step out sometimes. And you know, again, when we talk about the gift of tongues, I know it's controversial. Do you have to speak in tongues? No, you do. Don't. Do I thank God that I do? I'm like Paul. He said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than, you, uh, more than all of you. Because here's the thing. He said, when you speak in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is he saying? Sometimes you need to get your thinking out of the way because God doesn't speak always directly to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. And when you speak in tongues, you learn to pay attention to that part of you that is beyond your understanding. And you activate your spirit and your spirit prays, but your understanding is unfruitful. So when you speak in tongues, what are you doing? You're actually activating your spirit, and all of a sudden your mind is unfruitful, but what does it become? It becomes a blank canvas for thoughts to be put, put, thrown up, people, ideas to be thrown up. And most of my God ideas come from when I'm praying in the spirit, and I've got a blank canvas. My mind is unfruitful, but it's just sitting there waiting, saying, "What well, you got to say, Lord, what is going to bubble up? What will bubble up in this moment? And when it bubbles up, you just go with it. You know, when the prophetic word comes, like tongues and interpretation, for example, that's just a gift that the Lord's used me in some. So, so when somebody was speaking tongues, the only thing I get is the bubbling up. My heart starts beating, and, and, I'm, and I'll be sitting there, and whenever it first started happening, I would be nervous as a cat because I had nothing. All I had was a beating heart and the knowledge that I had to speak. And then you're like, oh, my God, what am I supposed to do right here, Lord? And, and, and then he's like, chill out so I can at least give you maybe a nugget. <laughs> and then so, so, so I'm like, okay, all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. And, and then just as I'm sitting there, one thought, maybe one word will come to my mind. As I step out in faith to speak it, it begins to flow like a river. How's that happen, Clay? I don't know. Are there times, Clay, that you don't flow as well and maybe you get caught up and it's not there? Yeah, there are times. You know why? Because I'm a human being and I'm not perfect. Are there times, Clay, when you're in tune and it flows like fire? Absolutely. That's why it's important for me to be near to God. It's why it's important for me to be close to him. It's why it's important for me to always be listening because what I'll notice is he'll start to drop nuggets throughout the week and I'm wondering why those nuggets are being dropped there and then all of a sudden he piles them all up in a big pile and brings you before a person and says, boom, now dump them out. That's why you've been getting them all week. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's why it's important to listen and pay attention. And you don't, know, you don't know why the Spirit's doing what He's doing. You don't know why He's speaking to you what He's speaking. But you pay attention to the nuggets that He's dropping. It may seem like a fleeting, unimportant thought. Write it down. Meditate on it. Think about it. God is speaking. And all of a sudden, you, another thing you'll notice is he'll, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. You'll think one thought, somebody else comes say the same thought. You'll be like, yeah. what's that about? God's at work. He's speaking. You getting anything out of this? Let me skip all this so we can get to the actual meat of it. <clears throat> so so let me give you the steps, and we're just going to quit here. So the steps, the lab portion of this is step one. What, here's what I want you to do. You're about to hear from God, even if it's a small thing. Step one is expect to hear. Don't, don't even start with this thing and here's the other thing is, 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 is if you, if here in a minute if you decide to speak just like what we've said let me just remove that thing to you that you have to have to have to know that it's God when you give a word now here's the big thing now I, I grew up in the, I didn't grow up but when I first got started I was in the hardcore Pentecostal church you know what I'm talking about so when we prophesied we said thus saith the Lord yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we did that was how we did it and that's what I got used to and then I found out this may not be the best idea what well, if we actually missed him uh so it's it's really good sometimes it's really good sometimes especially if you are uncertain and especially if you get into some specific stuff and you take some big leaps to you don't even have to say i feel like the lord is saying you can say this is what i'm getting i'm not sure this is what i'm getting this is what i'm getting and say it and if it's and if the lord's on it it'll land it'll land you don't have to get all Old, we're not, thing is we're not Old Testament prophets we're new covenant sons and daughters of God and we're friends of Jesus Christ but we have the prophetic gifting scripture says that all may prophesy one by one that all may receive a revelation and share it one by one in the church that literally means that according to scripture it would be cool if tonight we went one by one and let everybody give what God was saying and it would not be out of order but see, the other thing is that the Bible says is that the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. What does that mean? It means that you don't have to, you're not overwhelmed and taken out into a frenzy and you have to let it out. No, you have, you have control of what God is speaking. You have control when you speak in tongues. You have control over all those things. When you speak and when you stop, guess who it's up to? You. Every time. And people say, well, you know, I'd like to speak in tongues, but I'm waiting on God to just take me over. He never will. And if he does, you probably got a hold of a demon. The Bible says... (laughs) I shouldn't be recording this. (laughs) The Bible says that they spoke in tongues... As the Spirit gave them the utterance. And here's what I'm going to say. Even when you're hearing God tonight, you're, if, you, if I'm, I'm going to say, you, know, I want you to start writing some stuff down or whatever later here in a minute. And, and the point is, you, you might not even hear anything, and you'll be like, oh gosh, I, I need to have something to hear from God. First of all, just rest. You're going to hear when you're not trying to. Don't try. Just trust. And secondly, what I'll do sometimes, this morning I said, Lord, what do you want to speak to this church? And I wasn't getting anything at first, and I thought, well, what would he want to say? And I just wrote down that first thing, and by the time I was done with the first sentence, other stuff started coming. I wrote like two pages of stuff of what I felt like the Lord wanted to say to the church. So you step out into the river, and then you let the river carry you. That's That's how the Lord speaks. It bubbles up, and it begins to flow like a river. So the first thing is, step one is to expect it. Step two is stillness. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes you just have, you have to get still before the Lord. You have to get silent. You have to calm your heart. Try to not let other distractions come in. You've got to be still. Psalm 62.5, David said, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expect, expectation is from Him. You know what David would do all the time that we never do? He would command his soul to do stuff. Because basically he wasn't feeling good, so he would say, Bless the Lord, O my soul. He'd be be telling his soul, I know you ain't feeling good, David, but you're going to praise God anyway. I mean, that's literally what he'd do. He would would command his soul stuff. So if he is distraught, he's anxious, what would he do? He would say, Soul, wait patiently, wait quietly on the Lord. That's crazy, isn't it? How many of y'all ever told your soul to do anything? Get control of that thing. Tell your soul what to do. In, uh, in 2 Kings 3.15, Elisha actually calls for a minstrel. So this is why we even believe in music ministry. And, and, and we, believe, we believe music is a ministry. You realize that? It's 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 more than... We call it worship, but music is, is one facet of worship. But it's a ministry. Elisha said, hey, call for me. Bring a minstrel in here. Dude starts playing music. It says once he starts playing music, the hand of the Lord comes upon him. What's he saying? He's saying get in a still, quiet place. If you have to, turn a little music on because it's going to help you tune in. It's going to help you connect. You've been on AM all day. God's over here speaking on another frequency on FM. You need to tune in, right? So be still. Step three, you've got to fix your gaze and your intention on him. And sometimes, if I can't come up with anything, I will just start to picture Jesus. And here's a good practice: sit down and close your eyes and imagine if Jesus Himself was to walk into the room, if He was to smile at you, and sit down beside you and open His mouth. What would He begin to say to you? Just picture that. You ever done? That? anybody ever done that? Use your imagination. The Bible says, "As we behold, we're transformed into the from, from into the same image from glory to glory." So fix your eyes on Jesus. Think about Jesus. Sometimes I've imagined... I've literally imagined where I've been in the living room sitting and Jesus being one chair, the Father being one chair, and the Holy Spirit being another chair, and I'm having a family conversation. Be like, well, our pastors wigged out. <laughs> oh. I mean, listen... The thing about all this stuff is, is this saved my life. So it means something to me. If I hadn't heard from God, I'd probably be dead today. So step four, tune into the spontaneous bubbling up of thoughts, ideas, impressions. When you have those thoughts come up, those ideas, those impressions, jot them down. They could be from the Lord. Take note of them. What's coming up? What are you feeling? Who are you thinking about? And then step five, write it down. Habakkuk two two he says, write the vision. Make it plain so that he who runs it may read with it, write it down, check out what it is, etc. So here's here's what we're going to do. Everybody good? Everybody feeling good? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take about 10 minutes. Four. Four was um tune into the spontaneous bubbling up of thoughts, ideas, or impressions. Just start to notice what's coming up in you. We're going to take about 10 minutes. I'm going to put the menstrual on and the hand of the Lord's going to slowly just ease in here upon you, okay? And and I want you to just be still and don't force it, but just in 10 minutes' time, see what the Lord's saying to you. And here's another thing. You can even ask Him. If something's on your heart, ask Him a question. Say, Lord, what about this? What are you wanting to say to me? What are you wanting to say to us? What... And just begin and just jot it down. Just jot it down. But just be open to it and then we'll we'll recollect here in about ten minutes and we'll go into a different little little phase, okay? Everybody good?